Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast. We rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm the bad boy of X-Men podcasting, Zach Jenkins. Adam, how are you today? I'm feeling magical. It is my birthday. It and... is your birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. And we're kicking it like it's 2017. We're doing back-to-back episode recordings tonight. Did we do that in 20? 20- no, that's when we started. We did triples. We did triples. triples. Were we're not doing a triple. Triples were the best. <laughs> they were the safest. <laughs> we should do triples again sometime. Just like Jesus. Sunday, Sunday <laughs> afternoon, we were like, okay, all day, Adam. We're doing, <laughs> I got football on one screen, and we're going to do eight episodes of the podcast <laughs> right in a row. <laughs> With live football commentary in between. I don't know about that. Y'all are going to get so mad about <laughs> Green Bay Packers games from very literally a half season ago. <laughs> Oh, you're not a Jets happen. fan now that uh, your your Vax denier uh, switched teams. I have been mad at Aaron Rodgers. I know you for quite some time. <laughs> I think we're all a- actually Adam's aware of this. Other people aren't aware of this. There was a running joke in our Slack. Uh, every time Aaron Rodgers inevitably did something stupid that <laughs> one of our writers, Jude Jones and me, who are pretty much like the two guys who watched the most football. I, mm-hmm. At least the ones who talk about it the most, he would he would give me a hard time. I'd be like, yeah, I know. It's just no one's happy about this. <laughs> no one's happy about this at all. It was here's the thing. I'm gonna get on my soapbox. It was the moment that he got the rest of his team sick, and like go. that's like, bud. Now you're now you're causing not just off the field stuff. Be va- <sighs> everyone. You should be vaccinated by now. If you're for some reason not COVID vaccinated, maybe go get that fixed at this point. It's yeah. been long enough. You know that they aren't taking over our brains with 4G or whatever it was. Yeah. What was that um, nonsense? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Get vaccinated. Go pack. Go. I really hope Jordan love does good this season. I'm really worried. About <laughs> good it. luck. It's, it's going to, it's going to be hard for, for me. It's okay. You know, maybe there's, maybe there's, you know, some it's just weird that this has happened twice now. <laughs> Much like, much like Amanda Sefton becoming magic. It's weird that it happened twice. (laughs) That's right, folks. This week we are talking about magic, but not the magic you are usually familiar with. This is none other than uh, day tripper herself, Amanda Sefton magic stories. Zach, who requested this uh, interesting detour in the story of magic? Magic was requested by Jay Kennard. Uh, over on patreon.com slash battle the atom. If you want to be like Jay, you can go on over to patreon.com slash battle the atom, reach deep down into your hearts and pocketbooks and toss a couple of coins into our coffers. And then we'll do an episode that you want. I mean, no, we'll do a story. Here's the thing. And I just want to make this very clear on the requests. Mm. You get one, you get one and we get to decide what the theme of the rest of the episode is <laughs> based on that one. Though we do like when people have, wacky ideas honestly it's better if someone says hey here's a theme i don't know what 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 story but i want something of this vibe we do like that that's fun for us because here's the thing when we end up doing this we end up like planning the episodes like five and 
five at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then at a certain point, it's us having fun and seeing how far we can stretch things. And I think we're any longtime listener of the show is aware of that. Yes. (laughs) In this episode, we are honestly pretty well contained on Amanda Sefton because somebody asked somebody else about uh, what Amanda Sefton stories we should cover. We we have some doozies, though. This is truly some boterific stuff here. So I am excited to talk about these stories. Well, I let's let's start with Jay's request. Yes. Uh, Which is is out of the pages of Black Sun. Oh, God. (laughs) Which we will be talking about later in this episode. Spoiler alert. We will later be talking about Black Sun. (laughs) But out of the pages of Black Sun is X-Men magic. This is written by Andy Lanning and Dan Abnett with pencils and inks and digital flourishes. I forget how we describe it by Liam Sharp. Uh Uh-huh. This is a comic that came out in the year 2000, and it is about Amanda Sefton being the ruler of limbo Mm -hmm. and being, being magic. Yes. Now we should probably note that the way magic looks is different than the way that Ileana looks because she does still have silver armor, but it's like, I don't know, sexy, sexier. Amanda is a grown adult woman Mm -hmm. who has been in a long-term consensual relationship with her non-biologically related brother. Yes. That's important to know. People don't people. If y'all don't know Amanda Sefton, here's what we're going to do right here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah she's dating her her adopted brother we're not gonna get into it we're not gonna get, it's it's what is, what's there to say <laughs> what is there to say that hasn't been said already and they were you know these two characters will inevitably smooch in this episode and frankly they will I, smooch more than once in this episode yes and frankly i don't care you know like i don't um but do, do you know why i don't care adam why don't you care because they are fictional characters. They are in, fictional in characters. made up world. And one of them is a demon boy. And one of them <laughs> is a magic, magic sword lady. Yes. Yes. Um, so anyway, magic, this magic does look different. She has uh, some tribal tattoos around her navel. Um, she's, you know, wearing variations on this silver armor with like a, she's wearing like a shawl. Horns. Yeah. So immediately. The book looks super heavy metal like this. This book is metal as hell. And it makes sense because I went back and checked Liam Sharp's um, resume and he got his career started doing 2000 AD. Right. Yeah. So, Liam, Liam Sharp's a 2000 AD guy. Exactly. You know, Liam Sharp, you you won't be shocked to hear this. You know, Liam Sharp drew the Gears of War comic. That does not surprise me at all. Do people. Is that an ongoing franchise? I honestly don't know. I don't know if people understand Gears of War from 2006. (laughs) Uh, And just how much that video game that was dark and gritty and like Mm. tough and manly and how it was the moment. Mm -hmm. It was like that and 300 came out the next year. And that (laughs) was the culture that I grew up in. In case you are concerned about me, I'm concerned about myself. Yeah. But Gears of War did have a, a, a machine gun. That was also a chainsaw. Nice. That's fun. That's like horror movie fun. 
Um, it was great. So if you've never seen Liam Sharp's art, it kind of looks a little Sam Keithy. It kind of looks a little Simon Bisley E, and yet not really either of those artists. And as Zach mentioned, he also is throwing in these splash pages, two page spreads, little individual panels here and there that are created with some kind of early 2000s Photoshop nonsense. Okay, so we got to. <laughs> We're going to get into it. Is the, are the, are the digital flourishes good? Uh, Sometimes. I think Liam Sharp, and we'll get into this with the story, but I think Liam Sharp can kind of see it. (laughs) Like, I think Sharp understands and makes a choice with how he utilizes these. Yes. So this is, this is a story. Magic is the ruler of limbo Mm -hmm. uh, and other hells are being attacked and attacking limbo and something is going on. So there is this otherworldly, other dimensionally thing attacking hells. Yes. And sharp specifically uses the digital flourishes to be like, Hey, this is something that breaks reality here. Mm-hmm. And I love that conceptually. Yeah. In practice. <laughs> it's a little wonky. <laughs> in practice, it's still very bad CGI from the early 2000s. <laughs> the, the Sharp's pencils, though. His so inks, much fun. Incredibly good. Yeah. Like, underratedly good. Not that Liam Sharp, guy who drew Death's Head too, is underrated right like liam sharp pretty good yeah i agree that the digital pages are a little bit wacky however we have to remind our listeners that this is a story about all of the hells teaming up to defeat like a giant heavy metal cover art of a of a skull in the sky that's shooting magical triangles at everything and just destroying stuff right so (laughs) which I I hesitate to spoil it this early in the conversation, but the reveal of what it is they're fighting is really funny. Like, and made me love the story so much more than it would have if it had been something else. It, and it, and it ties in the fact that you have bad early 2000 CGI representing it, (laughs) which is kind of like, (laughs) again, I, I'm not the biggest ab, or Abnett and Lanning guy in the world. Uh-huh. Like I like their Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. I think they're pretty solid. And this is a very solid comic. And that's that's how it feels. Like it's a team up with uh Magic, the custodian uh-huh. of Limbo. Yep. Kurt Wagner, who is a priest in this and immediately takes gets those most robes of his- off. Robes off, very horny. The entire Get that time. man a sword. He's slashing people, demons. People think that that Kurt stopped being a priest because of holy war. That's not true. Mm. He stopped being a priest because he was legitimately too horny to be a priest. And then holy war is him remembering him oh. asking everyone and then being like, "What are you talking about, Kurt? That never happened. You were never a priest." Yes. People forget how insane that is. But it's hard for Kurt to be like, "Okay, well, I'm not." horny <laughs> it's it's those two vichin who is a new character in limbo who's like a a wolf demon man yeah he's, he's kind of like amanda's sim in a lot of ways he is uh except for 
The fact that Amanda also has a Sim who is Sim. Sim does come back. Yes. Sim is hiding. Yes. It's funny. Yep. Uh, but then all of these Hell Lords get, get around. Like Dormammu comes mm-hmm. to Limbo because he's like, someone ate the dark dimension. <laughs> yep. I don't like this. <laughs> Dormammu looks killer. Yep. They go rescue Mephisto, who, mm-hmm. here's the thing. In this, I love all of the Hell Lords are just still the worst. Oh, yeah. They're like, get out of here. This is my house. Like, what are you doing here? And then suddenly these little like triangles start raining down and killing everybody. And they're like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess we could team up against this thing in the sky. That sounds fun. It's weird that they mention off panel that Surtur got killed and murdered by this. Because he's yeah. Surtur from Thor. Yep. And his entire realm just completely destroyed. I don't think that that is Thor canon. No, here's, I think that's just from this mini. Here's yeah. the thing. I, I just, I don't think anyone who was writing Thor, uh, who I guess at this time it would have been Dan Jurgens. Mm, that sounds right for the time. Yeah, period. it would have been. Oh, Stuart Eminem drew. Oh, okay. I did not know Stuart Eminem was drawing the Dan Jurgens Thor. I don't mm. want to read that. I thought that was mostly a JRJR joint. <laughs> Worth checking out, maybe? I don't know. I mean, it's a Dan Jerkins comic. Yeah, yeah. How exciting. Uh, Anyway, I don't think that happened. But Searcher does get get kill-murdered. Mephisto then becomes, like, a large supporting character in this as they recruit all the other Hell Lords Mm -hmm. to get this thing away. And it becomes a really fun romp through everything. Yeah, because they're just all kind of, like, bouncing ideas com- competitive about like well wait a minute if your hell's gone does that mean like who's in charge and wait we have to we have to play together in the sandbox like i don't like this and then we get the reveal so at the beginning of these uh four issues magic makes a trip to our world to uh to the 616 because she's working with a human who is trying to put together a a digital a library of every single magic spell in every single capacity possible. Right. So So you can run a spell check on it. It's essentially Google. It's Google for magic. And what Google for magic does is it basically becomes self-aware and tries to destroy hell. And so when they realize what it is, Nightcrawler just goes and blows up the, mach- the the computer. And it's the most beautiful, bonkers, silly thing I've ever read. It just made me so happy. It does wrap up rather quickly. Like, it I, does. In one hand, that's funny. On it the other really hand, funny. a little anticlimactic. Death well, said also, or Death said too, also shows up in this, which is a fun fun little bit i always appreciated death's head one or two showing up not death's head three never death's head three no just just one and two is good the first death head the second death's head death's head three not not my jam yeah i don't think anyone's jam is death's head three mm, there's got to be somebody zach there's always somebody uh oh you're googling who's yeah. Who likes Death Said 3? You're looking at Oh, I'm sorry. Things. It's Death Said 3.0. Oh. No. Okay. Uh, I mean, great. Wait, I'm sorry. Death Said 3.0 was in Wolverine Black, White, and Blood. That was recent. Wasn't that last year? Um, no, that was 2021, buddy. 
Okay, two years ago. I read that one, too. Oh, hmm. wait. They killed him, and it was just a head or something of it. That's oh, okay. Fine. It's just Good a job, reference. Jed McKay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was that was a story where that was the story where Wolverine and Magic go to Mars before Mars had been turned oh, yeah. into Morocco. Yes. And I was like, hey, they were like, hey, this is a pretty good place. We should do something about this. And I was like, <laughs> hold on, hold on, Jed, because that was my idea. <laughs> um pretty sure it was Hickman's, but you you had the um, same thought. One, it was Hickman's in Avengers. Yes. To have the Avengers do it and have Xanilo be there. Mm-hmm. Two, it wasn't Hickman's idea to have Arako be Arako be a thing. That was Jerry Duggan 100%. Okay. Cool, man. He talked about it on this very podcast that on an we, episode no one can hear. Yeah, because the, the audio got destroyed. It doesn't exist anymore. We're not hiding it from you. Yeah. So if you are looking for a heavy metal, rad, early 2000s book, this is this is your jam. Like, yeah, I like we're not even really enjoyed this. Here. It's pretty fun. Yeah, I was because it has the Black Sun label on it. I had never read this because I was like, Black Sun was so bad. I don't yeah, well, we'll get into one. that. We will. Yes. Um, This one's pretty good. I kind of I kind of like it a lot. I like it a lot. I just want to like, you know, just turn Metallica up really loud, uh, you know, or some other thrash metal and just like page through this thing because it is a lot See, of fun okay of any of the big four thrash bands i would say that slayer's the closest to this yeah, i think okay. that's that's I like fair. the tone there though honestly i think the tone is closer to like some power metal new way british heavy metal stuff of the mid to late 80s i'm not even thinking iron maiden i'm thinking like man of war i'm mm. thinking like uh and the mass gamma ray mm-hmm. sorry i couldn't think of their name but i was trying to think of what game uh, master <laughs> of confusion how that goes i think something like that would be a little bit of the closer feel because it still gets that thrash kind of aesthetic and the same kind of influences of a slayer and a metallica or something like that but with the high fantasy epic feels of like in Iron Maiden or half of the Led Zeppelin songs that exist where they <laughs> yeah the yeah that was a great aside there Zach uh, with some good recommendations and I think all of those would totally fit this perfectly you know because if this was not a Marvel comic you know and you kind of filed the edges off on some of these characters you could easily see this being something that was printed in heavy metal magazine you could see this being something that maybe 20 uh, 2000 AD published cuz it's just it rules yeah cuz it's just a lot of fun so uh that being said i think we should rank it hey everyone we're going to rank it on our big old list we have 813 x-men stories cuz we have been ranking them uh on this list from best we're working course. hard here man the number one story is, of course, House of X, Powers of Ten. The number 100 is Wolverine, the Shiva scenario, a story that has sat at 100 for a while. We haven't had one break no, in for, for it's a, been a while. Number 200 is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur thir- or 17. That's a team up with Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and also the X-Men. Number 300 is Uncanny X-Men Fear Itself. Number 400 is Secret Avenger 16. That's the time Beast did a... Uh, did a genocide that we don't talk about mm. uh number 500 is the x corpse arc of uncanny x-men i guess x core i don't know why i said that uh number 600 is x-force annual number three that's the one where danny is undercover as moonstar which is just her last name bad 
That's a bad one. X-Men Unlimited number 17 is number 700 on this list. That's the that's the two face the face off one. Number 800 is God Loves Man Kills 2. Number 813 is the worst X-Men story of all time, not collected in any Omnibee that I know about. <laughs> it's 2099 World of Tomorrow. Yes. Yes. I am looking around 300 right now on the list. I think this is I think the Liam Sharp art pushes this above Fear Itself. Okay. Uh so we're in the 200s then, but I'm curious how high you would go because I it, this is this is interesting. I think it's a lot of fun. I also understand that it's also kind of a little goofy. So I'm just I don't know. Like I'm I'm two two seventy two is extraordinary X Men Kingdoms Fall, which is mm. also fun and a little goofy. And I think this is better than that. I like this more. In fact, the more I look up the list, I'm like, wow, it's this kind is, of this is kind like, of this fun. Is, this is better than the 90s Bishop miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. At 247. This is better than X Infernus. Uh, which is at, wow. Okay. 224. 224. So we've, we've really gotten into the, the, the top 25 of the two hundreds here. Here's where I'm going. I see where I have problems. Yeah. I don't, I, mm, yeah, I don't think this is better than the first three issues of Wolverine and the X-Men at 221. That's got that Chris art. It's just a, a great debut to the book for whatever we think about the rest of it. Okay, yes, but then I do think this is probably better than X-Men Blue Cross Time Capers. At 220. A story that does involve the 2099 X-Men. And I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to be mad at Cullen Bunn because Cullen Bunn, friend of the show, does have a custom hardcover of all of the issues of X-Men 2099. Mm-hmm. So I know Cullen knows knows his stuff. But the X-Men 2099, we're not right in that. And I want to think that's more R.B. Silva's fault for not getting the right reference for Metalhead. It's okay. a character that always tells me whether you just read the first issue of X-Men 2099 or you read <laughs> anything past the first issue of X-Men 2099. All right, I say so it goes between those two. All right. So this is going to be our new 222 Magic Volume 2. Uh, if you have ignored this for potentially the reasons we've stated, I highly recommend you track this down. Unfortunately, it is currently not on unlimited. Don't believe. So, you know, there are other ways to obtain comics. Uh, You probably without Marvel unlimited. It's really hard to read comics online. I'm sure. I I just think it is. I think it's a challenge (laughs) that all of us face. How do we read comics online while still keeping our uh, computer safe for viruses? Who knows? That, that part is kind of true, but um, you could also probably just find this in a dollar bin somewhere. Uh, could you? I can't imagine that a lot of people bought it to begin with. I don't know. I don't know how many copies of this are floating out, and I don't think it was ever collected, which is a shame. I would love a little trade paperback of this. You put a trade paperback of this together mm-hmm. and a random assortment of other either Ileana Rasputin or Amanda Sefton related things. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. You take these two, mm-hmm. and then to fill out the trade paperback, you put in What If Magic and uh, Doctor Strange the End. Oh, that's great. As like a as like a double feature backup thing. Let's do it. Then you got you got a seven issue trade. It's a little chunkier. You could and you can put magic on the cover. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
Thank, Sounds I have I have amazing. solved your problems. Great marketing from a great mind. Zach, unfortunately, I think we're going into um lower territory here, but let's let's figure out where we're going here. This is X-Men Unlimited number 19. X-Men Unlimited 19 is part of the long-standing X-Men Unlimited series. It's written it's written by Ben Robb. Oh boy. It's got art by Jim Calafiore. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to make a statement here. Please do. And I say this with all the respect in the world for this man as a human. <laughs> I think Ben Rob <laughs> I think Ben Rob might low key be one of the worst X-Men writers of all time. <laughs> like we don't think about it. But there's so many bad Ben Rob X-Men comics out there. And you know he loves it. Like, you know that Ben Rob really did want to do a good job on these. That's the thing. Like, I truly, truly believe that he wanted to. But then they were bad, actually, after that. All right, look, here's what I'm going to say. I didn't like this comic. However, does it start on page one with Margali Sardos murdering clowns, including what looks like a Siamese twin baby clown? I hate to laugh at that, but it's one of the most ridiculous ways you could possibly start a story that I have ever read in my life. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that did happen. Ben Robb did create those clowns in X-Men minus one. Uh, those are... Excalibur negative one, Excalibur, right? you're right. Those are established mm-hmm. circus folk. Yes. And it will turn out later that they are not dead. They just kind of pitched in their souls for a little experiment here. Um, our will villain, be a theme of this episode. As yeah, we continue. Our villain in this particular issue is someone we did not mention who appears very early in the magic volume two, which is nightmare and nightmare believes that he has uh, captured Margali Zardos. Um, no, no, he doesn't. What I'm are sorry. you talking he about? He believes that he has nightmare captured. Does- I've got it backwards. He believes Adam. that he has captured Amanda Sefton and Adam. Nightcrawler is going to go and rescue. Adam. Nightmare is not in this comic. Who's the villain? Oh, it's Belasco. All right. Can we back up and start over so I don't sound like an idiot? I mean, you control the editing, but. I don't even remember where we started. <laughs> I started going on a nightmare rant. You went on a nightmare rant. And I'm saying you're like. No, it's, no, it's not. This is, it's Belasco. This is, this is Belasco. You know what? To... I'm leaving all this in. I'm leaving all this in. Maybe because maybe, when you're when you're my maybe age, edit around it. But yeah, when you're maybe ancient, you're when you're ancient and 43, you really do realize that your mind starts to slip. So yes, it is not nightmare. It is Belasco. Thank Belasco, you. Belasco, unhappy with his treatment in the Soul Sword trilogy. trilogy? <laughs> and granted. I'm going to give Belasco some credit. Mm. I don't think anyone's happy with a soul sword trilogy. It was pretty bad. Didn't make a lot of sense. Pretty bad. Yep. Uh, Belasco wants to capture Margali Sardis so that he can take her place and move forward on the winding way, which is Margali's very specific, very specific magic goal. Yeah, that's her magic deal. Um, But Margali has traded bodies with Amanda Sefton, her daughter. Yep. So that Amanda's actually captured. Margali is doing evil spells and smooching Kurt, which, okay. That was weird. 
Again, I know they're fictional. It is weird that it was a body swap thing and that that's her kid. Like, sister that rate that you got raised with in what was frankly a very communal environment mm -hmm. where the standard brother-sister household dynamic doesn't apply. That's one thing. That's your mom. Body swapping with your daughter and kissing your son with that body. Weird. That's like weird. It's like the freakiest of Fridays that you could have. <laughs> the freakiest of Fridays. I think we got to name the, t the episode that. That's great. Legitimately, last week after we finished recording, I walked out and my wife was watching Freaky Friday. Oh, yeah. It's solid. Solid class. It was Listen, I'm going to be honest. This is my review of Disney's Freaky Friday from uh, the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay Lohan is really struggling uh, to keep up with Jane Lynch. Or not, not Jane Lynch. It's not Jane Shoot. Lynch. Who's, what's her name? Yogurt Poop Lady. Come on. Halloween. Jamie Lee Curtis. You did it. My wife yelled it. Good work. Oh, <laughs> you had a, she's you had a phone just, a she's from. <laughs> she, she's, she's just screaming through like a hallway in several doors. Man, nothing says my age like the fact that I just made a do you want to be a millionaire reference. <laughs> what the heck? going on hey youths you don't understand how big of a deal do you want to be a millionaire was it was a primetime game I, show that everyone watched zach i was on it man every night when it first came I, on i was on it that was the most fun thing in the world remember when that happened remember they regis? tried to, <laughs> regis so charming they tried to recapture that so much mm. uh weakest link tried and didn't get it off the nope. ground deal or no deal kept oh, yeah. going the problem with deal or no deal was that it was boring to watch mm. yeah it was oh and 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 if you had your own mind made up about how you gamble it wasn't exciting to watch because whenever they hit a big amount my mind went oh, i'll take it and like then inevitably the person was like yeah, no deal you know um man you'll notice we're not talking about this comic book it's not good it's not good they Nightcrawler goes to Limbo, figures out that he's been double-crossed. Mm -hmm. uh, he does tell the X-Men that, actually, this is a family affair. You wouldn't understand. And to their credit, Kitty and Colossus are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've known you for years. What are you talking about? We are your family. <laughs> Kurt, what? Amanda's one thing. We like Amanda. She's our friend. Amanda was on our team. Like, remember? For like a hot minute. Like, yeah. we're all friendly. I get that your mom secretly turned out to be evil, but. I'm also very confused how Kitty phased through the control panel of the, it's not the Blackbird, but whatever the Excalibur team uses. And yet it still flies in the next panel. So I guess Kitty didn't really do much to it. Their vehicle is the Midnight Runner. See, I get confused because there's a couple different Excalibur vehicles. Like, isn't there the Dove? Isn't that at one at one point? Like, no, the there? Dove was what Bendis at all created for the White Blackbird in Battle of the Atom. Oh, why did I think there was one of those in Excalibur? Anyway, I'm yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, they beat Belasco. Right. They rescue Amanda. They switch bodies back. It turns out that all of these like clown murders didn't actually happen. It was all a ruse. It was and, all an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. So the one thing that really did bug me about this is that Nightcrawler is like so adamant that Margali Zardos doesn't do evil. 
doesn't do evil stuff. And it's like, yeah, but you she saw her try and make a very big demon in London. Like, not yeah, that she long is ago, responsible for like half a million people dying in London. Like, it's mm, it's really not. I don't know when this is supposed to happen, but if it's supposed to happen when it does an Excalibur it, continuity, yes, it doesn't make a, any sense. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to say this. Here's a list of times I've enjoyed Mark Garley Sardos being in a comic. Hmm. X-Men Annual number four. Okay. First I have not read I have not read the Man Thing or Doctor the Man Thing comic that she is in that Chris Claremont wrote, where I swear the editor's note on the cover by Danny Fingeroth says, I'm quoting this. I give up. I can't write cover copy for this crazy book. I mean, how do I explain that Doctor Strange died and that Chris Claremont, writer of Man Thing and X-Men, also buys it in this ish. Nobody's going to believe it. I admit, <laughs> well, I don't that, even believe it, and I edit the book. Isn't that the issue where it breaks the fourth wall and Chris Claremont becomes the nexus of all realities or something like that? I It's it's a weird I one. don't know. I, I, led, I led this by saying I have not read that comic. Honestly, it sounds very strange. I've not read the Roger Stern Doctor Strange comics where she appears because Chris Claremont was mad that she beat Doctor Strange in, oh, or because Roger Roger Stern was mad that Chris Claremont had her beat Doctor Strange mm. because she's a woman. Not I don't want to say Roger Stern's sexist, frankly, I don't know enough about it. Uh, Chris Claremont that, had. You know no, I know that Chris stands. Claremont wanted her to be more powerful because Chris Claremont loves to write powerful women. Yes. Anyway, every other comic she has been in, I have disliked. I can mm. just straight up say that the stuff she was in Legion of X. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Truly, truly just like, also, I'm, I'm more evil than I've ever been before. Yeah. I think the closest, I mean, she makes appearances in Claremont's Nightcrawler. Um, but solo, she's the worst part of Claremont's Nightcrawler. But she is solo. the worst part of it. Like that's probably the closest it comes to being like mildly like a character that you want to spend time with. But even then you don't. So I don't like Margali. Yeah. So I did not like this. Um, I will say the art is like fine, I guess. It's not like the worst thing in the world. It it's really the writing that is not fun and the the fact that you have to depict like creepy clown freaks, like that's I mm. the the art is basic. It doesn't feel ex like limbo in my favorite limbo stories feels exciting, feels weird, mm -hmm. feels different. Like yeah, Fraser Irving, Scotty Young, they draw some good limbo. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, mainly kept to either the Velasco throne room or the, you know, various like abandoned rockscapes that they, they travel through and it's, it's fine. Limbo should be more than just rocks. Also, if we're listing guys who did limbo, good Rod race uh, recently Ooh. in, Vita's New Mutants. Vita and yes. Rod's New Mutants. Yes, yes, that yes. limbo was good. That was a good limbo. Um, where should we put it? We don't have a Ben Rob category on this list. <laughs> um, but we do have a couple Rob Excalibur issues here that are pretty low. Um, I'm thinking in particular about the the Banff's Go Chucky uh issue. This is better than that one. Is that one was really rough. That one had nightmare in it. Maybe that's I don't know why my brain went there my um, man i can't tell you uh is it better than excalibur volume two at 625 
Boof. I do hate that. I'm going to say yes. Okay. I think I agree with that. However, at 615 is the Age of Apocalypse X-Man. No. First issues. That's, that's it's way not better. better than that. No, no. Um, This isn't as good as Search for Cyclops. Nope, it's not. It's not as good as Exiles 100. It's mm. not as good as New Mutant 62. Uh, da, 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 da. It's better than Spider-Man Team-Up. Okay. Is it better than Marvel Team-Up Volume 3, number 19? I don't remember what was happening in that. What was that? I also don't remember what was happening Marvel in that. Marvel Team-Up. Jeez, that's random. We should have put a note on that one. Marvel Team-Up Volume 3, the 19? I just typed in MTU 19 and Michigan Technological University. Oh, does that's the we didn't know about the COVID-19 outreach and resources department. That they I have. believe this is, is this Kirkman? Yeah. This yeah. Is... MTU volume three is Kirkman. Yeah. This is the Kirkman um, Wolverine and cable. And sure. Think... That can be, that can be better than this. Sure. All right. So this is our new 624 X-Men unlimited number 19. And, um, I'm confident that this final story will rank lower than that, uh, because as we mentioned earlier today uh, in in the episode, we are ranking X-Men Black Hole Sun. Won't you come and wash away the rain? Oh, there's no hole. Uh, Anyway, this is X-Men Black Sun. No, hole's a different band. (laughs) This is uh, Chris Claremont. And a whole bunch Chris of Chris Claremont, Chris Claremont plots all five issues. Yes. This is the celebration of the 25th anniversary of the new X-Men. Sure is. Uh, <laughs> just to be clear, we are almost at the 25th anniversary of X-Men Black Sun. Oh, good God. Uh, uh, no one will be Tom, celebrating that. So Claremont. No, we won't. Claremont. <laughs> scripts the whole thing but len ween or claremont plots the whole thing but scripting it len ween does an issue roy thomas does an issue wheezy does an issue yeah uh and then claremont closes it out at the end with artists thomas dernick carl waller autita martinez and pablo raimondi yes and before we go any further we do need to just talk about these absolutely awful Vince Evans covers on each of these five issues. Truly, they, insanely, really terrible. Really, which terrible. one's your least? What is your least favorite X Men on it? Because I have a clear, clear winner. Oh, the clear winner is um, the third issue um, because it features. <laughs> It features the worst illustration of Banshee I've I've ever seen in my life. And above him is Sunfire. And he looks like he's reaching for a kidney bean. It's supposed to be one of the bloodstones, but it literally looks like a, like a kidney bean that you'd find in canned beans. It's so You are bad. absolutely right. Underrated on this cover is the very morose Iceman. Oh, he looks sad. Look at... Look at sexy Squidward looking Iceman over there. Yeah. Yeah. Good God. Uh, It is. These covers are rough. Like, I know what they're going for Mm. and I can appreciate it, but it's a failure. Also insane on these covers is that they are all wearing their revolutions costumes. Yes. Yep. Which are wild. 
Like yeah. that. I do think I do think if there's a best, it's uh, it's that beast that's on oh, the yeah. issue number four where he's wearing <laughs> when Beast has goggles all the time. Yeah. You know what? He actually looks kind of fun. That that kind of looks that doesn't look I, that bad. I don't think he should ever wear it again, but I am entertained by Beast wearing a bunch of too many clothes in Revolution's era. Oh, my God. Do you want to take a shot? at explaining the plot of black sun hey thank you for asking adam because i would um okay. you know about the nagari right uh yes the nagari the uh the ones who get kind of activated when you knock over their little stone on the ground in the backyard they have a they have a stone care in, in on charles xavier's property and they're demons that the x-men fight sometimes yeah um, now you may have forgotten i never would of course but you may have forgotten. You know about the Rutai? The Rutai are back. Yes, but strangely, no dreadlocks. I was disappointed in that. Uh, Pilgrim, who is the Two one M's. here, does not. Two M's. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Pilgrim never has dreadlocks, so that's fine. Five dollars like... to whoever can tell me what Pilgrim's motivation is in this book. <laughs> oh, I can. Easy. That's an easy one. Pilgrim, okay. if you were. If you recall the oversized X-Men 75, oh boy. adjectiveless X-Men 75, <laughs> where we find out that the Nagari uh, are actually a slave race for the Rutai, who are actual evil Nagari-looking guys that also look like maggots maggots, mm -hmm. but otherwise have no relationship to them. No. Pilgrim is mad because the Nagari are trying to assert control. So he wants to screw up their plans because their plans involve getting bloodstones uh, for Belasco out of the original X-Men, but also not the original X-Men because Scott's dead right now or merged with Apocalypse. Uh, so yeah. they're like, well, Polaris was kind of on the team. And I'm going to be honest, you guys haven't. Chris Claremont had not gone back and read those comics in a bit. Right. It's weird that Roy Thomas also didn't like point this out. Because Roy wrote corrects them. She's like, Polaris just like she hangs out for like four or five issues with them, but she's never like on she's never really on the team. No. Neither's Havoc. They're just they're not like on the team. Right. They're but they're like around for a bit. But for the purposes of this, right, we need it to be the the all new, all different team versus the O five, but we don't have the O five. The all new, all different team and Kitty, uh, <laughs> right, right. But not Sun or not Thunderbird, except for. So here's one thing I do wonder about this. Yeah. We all know about Neil Shara Thunderbird three, the character that they were going to name after uh, a Hindu fire deity, and they decided that that would be offensive. So they said, "Well, he's Indian, mm -hmm. so he can be the new Thunderbird." Right. Uh, making the same mistake that Christopher Columbus did. <laughs> it's weird that it happened twice. Oh, However, man. after reading Black Sun again, I'm starting to think that maybe they pushed that for Black Sun so that Thunderbird would be in here. It's possible, but this Thunderbird is on the the 05 side spiritually thunderbird bird would be here I think right what they're going for they're like yes we also remember thunderbird yes uh so the kitty accidentally 
causes a spell to happen where the Nagari demons possess Banshee, Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler, and Sunfire, but explicitly not Wolverine because they're like, we're not, we're not. Yeah, we need Wolverine on the good side. It's like, we're just, we're not going to try and possess him. That seems like a mistake. (laughs) Yes. Very funny. Did like that. Mm Mm-hmm. They have to go get bloodstones from all these other X-Men from the original five. Meanwhile, Magic, who we are led to believe is Ileana Rasputin for this mm-hmm. whole thing, yep, is trying to stop them, failing, and then sucking up all of the O5 who lost part of their soul into her sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the way the series is structured is each issue is another target. It's all right. So the first issue is the new X-Men. The second issue is storm. The third issue is Banshee and Sunfire. The fourth issue is Colossus and Nightcrawler. And the last issue is Wolverine and Thunderbird. So See, that's each, what I'm saying. I think, I think, I think they, cause they knew this was coming up when yeah. they gave Thunderbird a code name, even though he appears in an X-Men unlimited before he joins the revolutions team, he doesn't get a code name till then. So the, way in which this is broken up you have this very disjointed story where different protagonists and different antagonists of x-men are fighting each other for very silly nonsensical reasons which is comics you know comics do this all the time but this is extra silly and makes very little sense because you do have belasco plotting you have the nagari plotting you have pilgrim oh You have the revolution, the X-Men era, X-Men of the 05, you know, whatever. I'm putting heavy quotes on that. And then you have, you know, the possessed X-Men and you have magic running around. It's a lot to keep track of. And yet very little actually happens in these five issues. That sounds like it's busy. It's really not. It's a lot of very boring non-fight scenes, right? You would think if they are celebrating the 25th anniversary of the new X-Men that these stories would tap into shed light on or do anything interesting with the new X-Men. Nope. Like, and in fact, they are the ones who are possessed. Yes. (laughs) It is more the O5 minus Cyclops plus Polaris Mm -hmm. have more agency in this. Then them magic has more focus on this. Thunderbird has significantly more focus than any actual member of the new X-Men. Yeah, it's true. And I'm not fully against that in concept. It just seems weird if if you're marketing this as this is the new X-Men, you know, from giant size and not actually be about them. That's a wild choice entire Marvel team. It is very strange. And you are bringing back these heavy hitters from X-Men history to help the, you know, create this book, but it's a terrible pitch and it, the art is not good. You know, I, it's, I like all Tita Martinez's there, there's, there's all right. Let me, let me put it this way. Would you say that any of the interiors really rise above like fill in art though? Like, does this strike you as something that, this you know this anniversary issue this this landmark mini series like does this really strike you as like the kind of art that goes along with something like that because this doesn't strike me as that as these no yeah i mean it's just okay it's fine it's like, fine it's it's the year 2000 
and Marvel is running out of money. We're they on have already gone through bankruptcy. Yeah. They are, I believe Bendis described it as the first time he was in the office, he saw them wheeling away filing cabinets to be sold. Yeah, well, um, Mav keeps telling the story on uh, Gosh Golly Wow about how they were literally selling the furniture outside yeah. of the office, like in the late 90s. So it's not surprising, you know. So this is not a quality book by any stretch of the imagination. And these versions of the Claremont Revolutions era, I mean, gosh, what is Gene in this era? Like, it's just awful. I understand Gene in this era. I kind of like that Claremont decides that he has to find a way to give her agency and lead without Scott being around. Oh, it's more that she is back to kind of being helpless. And oh, because she doesn't have her to let or because her inside. He did the thing with her and Psylocke switching powers and that didn't really work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So anyway, the Black Sun, by the way, what is Black Sun? Oh, I don't know. What is it, Claremont? Because you don't ever tell us. No idea what that has to do with the story or why it's called that. Um, But (laughs) the story does end with, uh, you know, magic showing up. Turns out it's, well, this is a really funny thing that happens at the end. Anyway, before I get to the funny thing, uh, she restores the souls of our all new. Everyone's everyone's got their souls back. Congratulations. And then Nightcrawler is like, oh, hey, what's up, Amanda? And oh, Amanda, it's you. Hey, what's up, girl? Yeah, a bit. But before that, I think it's Kitty who's like, should we should we tell everybody? And Amanda Sefton's like, don't tell them. I'm going to concentrate on my duties. And immediately Nightcrawler's like, Amanda. Hey, it's my girlfriend's <laughs> sister. Love that <laughs> so for him. Funny. Claire, listen, that's a that's a certified Claremont banger, right? That there. one, that one got a chuckle out of me. You know, that one made me laugh. Uh, aside from that, there is not a lot to recommend here. It's boring and sucks. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, it's like magic's bad. not even as cool as you want it to be. Yeah, and in fact, it. I can imagine at the time it would be a bit of a like a letdown to have Ileana Rasputin be like teased this whole time and be like, actually it's Amanda Sefton. Yeah. Right. You know, that cause Colossus like gets his hopes up. Fun twist. Poor Colossus does get his hopes up and he's like, could it be my, my little snowflake? And it's like, yeah, no, that's, that's Kurt's girlfriend. <laughs> they keep talking about how Ileana died when in fatal attractions or whatever, or right before fatal attractions, which I guess, yeah, is true, but she also died during Inferno. Like, let's be real. She hadn't, mattered since inferno right 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 she had five years of being around (sighs) yeah so anyway i think we've probably spent enough time on this terrible book um and i i definitely think that it is worse than uh the x-men unlimited story that we were just talking about which was i'm not gonna fight for the honor of x-men unlimited no um come on this is it's worse it's worse than at 693 x-men 67 through 70 infinites of evil Oh, I think we're infinity. It's infinities of evil. Yeah. I mean, we're at least. Have I been pronouncing that thing wrong for a very long time or just, I guess, not pronouncing reading it wrong? Well, uh, in your defense, it is spelled infinites of evil in our spreadsheet. So is it supposed to be infinities of evil? Um, Are infinites and infinity spelled the same? No. One has an I towards the end. I-E-S as opposed to just T-E-S. They're spelled differently. They're two different words. I guess we need to go double check 
this is this is for the this is for the elders to decide that's not on me (laughs) we'll we'll double check marvel fandom on that uh which by me uh by saying that i also mean that i will immediately forget and not ever look not not remembering even a little (laughs) bit even what we were talking about we're in the 700s here buddy come on yeah no we're in the 700 how do you feel about this compared to profit cable oh my god i would much rather read profit cable and that was terrible profit cable was pretty bad it was really bad I'd much rather read the survival guide to the mansion at 725. I saw a survival guide to the mansion recently. The soul sword trilogy, which is what it's called is better than this. That's at 738. Yeah. That at least has a couple Bill Sienkiewicz pages, right? To tease you. Um, trying to think of just how bad this is. Um, Um, just better or worse than crimson dawn at 749. It's exactly as crimson Dawn is crimson dawn. Yeah. But like, it's mm, liberators is at 751 i feel like this is worse than that liberators isn't yeah mm, like that is yeah, at least coherent mm, it's terrible mm, but... yeah mm, adam it is <sighs> oh this is probably ooh. better than secret invasion x-men okay that's at 763 but it's not as good as part one of x-men the end at 758 let's put it below that below phoenix end song below generation x annual 1995 with mondo above young x-men number seven okay so this is gonna be our new 761 yeah i'm mad at young x-men for reasons that will be revealed soon that actually might be too high but you know what let's 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 keep it there uh (laughs) okay look if anyone wanted to argue anything let's say between Ages of Apocalypse at 779 and like the Wolverine Viper wedding at 746. That's kind of like the, oh, we just don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm looking at 774, which is Crimson Pirates. And this is better than that. Like that was truly awful. So 761 it is. And uh, that was our Amanda Sefton trip to uh, Limbo. Not bad. We we had a day trip right there. A Sunday driver, yeah? <laughs> yes. It took me so long till I found out. But Adam. Yes. I found out. I'm, I'm happy for you. Folks, those are the lyrics to the Beatles song Day Tripper. It's yeah. very famous. I'm sure That's, our Beatles fans got that one. I'm, I'm, again, I'm concerned about the youths. You are? That listen to this podcast. The ones that wouldn't know about who wants to be a millionaire. Oh, yes. Hmm. Fair the youths that we have been Adam was also singing a lot in this episode, black hole sun, mm-hmm. which you probably know from the popular video game rock band. <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, I hate black hole sun. I think that song sucks. It's too mm, long. Mm. It's uh Soundgarden had some really weird songs. Uh, Here's the thing. Spoonman is my jam. Spoonman's fun. Rusty cage. I'm in it. Black Hole Sun, I think, is insufferable, and it's the reason why of the lar- of the big four grunge bands of the early 90s, Soundgarden is easily my least favorite. Soundgarden has, um, so- fun fact, first real concert that I went to was Soundgarden. Uh, openers were Tad and Eleven. Yes, listeners, those are bands. Uh, you can Spotify that. And um, what <laughs> you mentioned Spoonman, they had just finished editing the Spoonman video for this, like before this tour started. And so the evening their their performance started with a projector 
and playing the Spoon Man video for everybody in this uh, this college dun, dun, auditorium. Dun, 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 <laughs> the guy going clickety 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 with the with the spoons. Amazing stuff. Spoon Man. Spoon Man rules because Spoon Man is in such a wild time signature for a popular song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's seven four. It's seven four, and then four four alternating. Great. Wild. Gotta love it when '90s bands did that. I think Trent did that a couple times. You know, good stuff. All right, we got to wrap this one up, Zach. We got another one to do. We do. We're recording back to back, folks. This is more for me and Adam than you. You guys don't (laughs) care. You're waiting a week to get this, but it does mean, as you're used to. The second episode that we recorded tonight is even looser. Going to be crazy. <laughs> it's going to be. And we're going to. Buddy, we're going to need it because while Jay Kennard blessed us with Magic Volume 2, uh, and if you want to bless us with themes or things or whatever, patreon.com slash battle of the atom, you can always find the show on Comics XF. It's great. We love it. But next week, Mr. Birthday Boy, mm. we got a magma episode. Whoa explosive it's gonna be hot 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 until uh, then folks uh, <laughs> this has been battle of the atom we hope you survived the experience get it